What I remember of Larry in my six years of knowing him at Holy Trinity was that he asked more questions about the Old Testament than any other member I remember. He seemed always curious about the Old Testament and the history. At times I would look at him and think he might be right out of the Old Testament. (laughs) With his white beard, which he had grown a little thicker in the last years, his tall, broad stature, his deep, gravelly voice. I think that if I were to pick someone to play Abraham in a church reenactment, it would have been Larry Porter. But then, of course, I began to imagine Abraham sitting in his recliner. (laughs) He was telling stories so that all who were in the house would gather around to hear what Abraham had to say. And surely Abraham would do it with a southern drawl. In fact, he would never have called his daughter Karen. He would have called her Karen. <laughs> and so dearly beloved in the Lord, Kay, Nessa, Clara, family and friends, we are here to gather around God's recliner so that he can begin to tell us a story. A story so compelling and so filled with hope that everyone who is in this house will gather around, will join in, and will rejoice in this word of God. Psalm 31, verse 5. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. Dear fellow redeemed in Jesus' blood, the blood that was shed to cleanse Mr. Porter and the body which was given for us and raised from death to assure that this body will be raised also. Larry's God is a faithful God. When I was talking with the family, one word came up and that was one word besides dry sense of humor. And that was faithful. The fine beard, the tall stature, the deep voice, a family man. The picture was of a steadfast, reliable, faithful frame. Some of you shared with me ways that Larry was there for his wife or his children or his grandchildren. Those who knew him could count on him for good stories and a good laugh and a good hand. That's why I think also of the story of Abraham. The name Abraham originally means father. He was the father of many. The father to whom God had made a promise that he would have many children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Abraham was called by God to follow a promise, to set out on a journey to head to a strange land and a future that was uncertain. And he would find himself following that promise day after day for his whole life, right to the point of his death. By the time Abraham died, he only had one piece of land that he owned, a small plot on which he buried his wife and then on which they buried him. Hebrews 11 says, that he died in faith, not having received the promise, 
But having seen it afar off, he was assured and he embraced and confessed that he was a stranger and pilgrim on this earth. What was it that kept Abraham's faith strong? What was it that kept him going? It was confidence that God would always be faithful. Even if he didn't see it all come true in his lifetime, Abraham knew God was going to keep his word in life and in death. God promised to Abraham that generations would come after him whom he would bless and whom he would continue to make promises to. And so the Lord was with Abraham's children, Isaac, grandchildren, Jacob, great-grandchildren. God promised to Abraham that his descendants would receive the inheritance and they would live with the Lord. But that's not the way that Abraham saw it turn out. Instead, he was buried in a land that was never really his. He died in faith. Faith that in the generations to come, God would continue to do his promise to keep them moving by faith for what God had in store to the point that his great-grandson Joseph had his bones carried back to the promised land and buried there. In our psalm for today, we pray, Into your hands I commit my spirit. For you have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. When a Christian dies, their body remains behind. The body remains and leaves us wondering, did God really keep his promise? When we lay Mr. Porter's body into the ground today, can we say the same things that Abraham said? Death seems to our eyes like something's gone wrong. God's not kept his promise. God has not triumphed. It seems to us God must be too weak to do enough to prevent the sadness. But the psalm says it depends on how well you know the Lord. It depends on God's ability and power to keep his word even when someone dies, which would be the greatest work we could imagine that God's triumph is not going to be seen in Mr. Porter's life or death, but in Jesus Christ. The psalm says that when we face suffering or death, we entrust ourselves to the Lord. David prayed these words when he was in a lot of trouble, when he was worried and afflicted. It's the prayer of faith which entrusts ourselves to God's faithfulness. God's big, strong frame, his towering presence, his rock, and fortress-like promises. Because there are forces in this world, waves and chaos, sin and evil, that we cannot overcome and we cannot explain. The power of sin tempts and afflicts us, and we're not always faithful Even Abraham was not always faithful. Even Larry was not always faithful. Larry needed a savior, 
someone stronger than himself, he needed to pray and commit his spirit to the Lord. We have to face death and try to make sense of how God is a part of it. The psalm says, you have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. God redeemed us because when we were unfaithful, he always remained faithful. He is the God who rescues, who comes to us when we have sinned, when we are sick, when we are suffering, when we are sad. And he says, commit yourself into my hands. Entrust your troubles to me. Give your sins over. For I have redeemed you and you are mine. As you grieve the loss of a good husband and a faithful dad and a beloved grandfather and friend, God says, entrust yourself to me, Clara. Commit your spirit into my hands and look to me. He says to keep looking to Jesus, who is faithful even in death and who has redeemed us. Jesus is ultimately the only faithful human in the ultimate sense. God sent his son into the world to bear our burdens and our sins. And Jesus was faithful to his father in every way. Jesus redeemed Mr. Larry Porter so that when he breathed his last, Mr. Porter could entrust his spirit to the hands of the faithful God that he knew. We don't see the triumph yet. Not in Mr. Porter, anyway. Rather, the gospel tells us the only way we can see the triumph is to look to Jesus. When Jesus died, he prayed this verse from this psalm. When he was suffering and dying on the cross, he prayed, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, Jesus breathed his last. Jesus prayed this psalm because he's showing us how he was dying in the deepest sense and he had faith in the deepest sense. He was truly innocent and undeserving, but he accepted our death. He entrusted his spirit to the Father so the Father could complete the promises he made to Abraham and to Larry and to you. On the third day, God raised Jesus from the dead and revealed the most faithful work of all, that in Jesus, God has overcome the final enemy, death. The psalm ends, the end of Psalm 31, by saying, Love the Lord, all you saints. The Lord preserves the faithful, but abundantly repays the one who acts in pride. Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. So this day is about waiting and having courage. Clara will have to learn to wait and let her heart be brave. Those who've lost a friend today will have to wait. We don't yet see the consummation of everything Jesus did. What we are saying as Christians is that Larry's spirit is committed to the Lord, and it's safe there. 
The body remains behind and is laid to rest to sleep in the ground until finally God will call Larry forth and all who believe. As we wait, the Lord wants us to continue to be faithful like Abraham and to continue to labor. At the end of 1 Corinthians 15, when Paul is talking about the resurrection and the truth and necessity of it, at the very end, after all this talk of life after death, he comes back to this life. And the last thing he says is, therefore, be steadfast and immovable, always laboring in the Lord. Therefore, we should labor, like the labor of volunteering at the Ruritan Club or your church, picking up garbage along the highway, helping on a church council. What we're doing here, like Clara, is we're taking care of the garden. When Clara keeps her garden looking so wonderful and beautiful, it reminds us of God's garden. It reminds us of the beauty of the promised land. And when we're laboring, picking up garbage on the roadside, when we're working to design a building with a wonderful blueprint, when we're helping those in need, it's because, not because we're trying to gain God's approval, as if God needed our works, or because we need to be paid for it, but we're doing it because Christ has risen. And you can remember that every time you go back out into the garden. Remember, somebody can't do any, everything, but everybody can do something. Our whole lives then are an act of faithfulness and prayer. Committing our spirit into the Lord's hand daily. Trusting ourselves to the Lord as we wait Remembering to stand tall and firm like Larry. Sitting back together as a family and telling stories to people who are listening to you. And in those stories, we can tell people about Abraham's God and Larry's God. The story of how Jesus is part of every story. The faithful one to whom we pray and to whom we entrust our spirit every day. As the Apostle Paul prays. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who will also do it. Amen. Amen.